0: Welcome back to the Act Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh.
1: And I am Josh Hallman.
0: <laughs> this, this is Act Sorry, I'm distracted because Josh threw me for a loop yes. and um, I'm here I, recording the Act Podcast. I
1: said, Tasha, open this email and read it. And then she started to read it and then I hit record. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think she wants to know what the email says. <laughs> uh yeah we're back this is the week this is this is the week after Thanksgiving that this is coming out and I was just telling Tasha that I am we're recording this Thanksgiving week and I've I've hit that button you know where your brain starts to slide out a little bit
0: yeah I I want that button That button is covered for me right now I'm not allowed to push it yet
1: Mm. well can I just tell you I'm gonna uncover that button and I actually have it wait I think I just messed up our entire intro. I was just gonna jump in and go into like a no. Jump in. All right. Who cares? It's Thanksgiving. Who cares? It's post-Thanksgiving. We're in we're in the holiday zone right now. This is holiday zone. This is actually this is actually some of the most exciting times to be a writer because it is things shut down, and if you're working on a spec, like now is the time to do it, and it 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 feels so good because so many people stop writing, and so many. like people, like Hollywood just shuts down. So now this is yeah. like a great time to do stuff. But what I was going to say to you is I turned in a script to this producer yesterday. I was mm-hmm. supposed to do it last week, but I, I, did, I missed it. I turned it in yesterday and I was like, yes, I'm going in holiday mode. And then you know what happened? He wrote me this morning, Tasha, one day later. And he said, I read the script. I think wow. it's really good but I, wow. I have some first act stuff that I, I want to I, I go over again. You around? I said, yup, No. Uh- yup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? The one person in Hollywood working? Actually, yeah. I have a meeting tomorrow. Who am I talking
1: about? Yeah, there you go. So the, the button is still, you know, so I'm still here, but okay. that's all. That's all.
0: <sighs> Dang. I'm sorry. Slash happy for you?
1: No, this is great. It's awesome. I'd rather do that than not do it.
0: Do you think that holidays, like I feel like in before times, we wouldn't have freaking meetings right now. We wouldn't have shit. He wouldn't be calling you, but because we have Zoom, Mm. I feel like people, because they don't have to drive anywhere, it's super easy to just hop on a thing. You're already at home because it's the holiday. They're more willing to work. Like I don't remember having a meeting on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving before.
1: (sighs) no i I think I agree because I'm still that's this is why I'm like programmed into thinking, okay, life is kind of winding down now it's It's like the day before Thanksgiving. we're good, but I don't know, yeah, maybe you're right, things have changed now we're just accessible mm-hmm. at all times.
0: No, I don't like it. no
1: <laughs>
0: I gotta put my foot down.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm canceling this meeting I called. It's off. <laughs>
0: Well, today we are talking about this week's in writings that Mm -hmm. have been going on. Because it's the holiday, we thought we'd take it a little easy with our topics. But these aren't easy topics. These are Mm -hmm. great topics, and I'm excited to talk about them. We're also going to answer some listener questions.
1: Yeah. This is the first time we've done this. Uh, No, it is not. I mean, where we've devoted an entire episode to listener questions. This is true. So I'm excited about that.
0: I'm excited, too. Uh, So... (laughs) The reason why I'm in this weird headspace is because I just had a pitch like seconds before we hit record and that's the this week in writing. So uh, (laughs) a couple things interesting happened on this pitch, (laughs) in this pitch meeting. One was the executive who is super bright and I love her, but she was bumping on like the big finale that we have for our villain in season one. And it's a totally bonkers ending because it's a bonkers show. And she just, she's like, I'm bumping on it. And I, and I don't have a solution for it. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't think it's right. And I was like, OK. I have, I always, can't do anything with that. Always the best. <laughs> right? like, I can't do it. Yeah, and like, so the, just to give some context for, for where we are in this pitch. Me and this other writer have put together this pitch. This was our first time after brainstorming and doing all of our crazy stuff all on our own. We were pitching it to someone else, and they could easily have said, this is terrible. We hate it. Goodbye. Or, hey, this is great. Let's invest in this. They decided to, yes, let's invest in this. So the next meeting we have is in a week from now, we're going to pitch to like all of the investors at this production company who are going to decide, yes, I like this, or... B, I don't like this, and C, here's some notes. I do love it. Let's go out into the town with it. So there's three options we have next week. So Boom. this week was to just get notes from the just the sort of circle of trust, the production executives who I've been working with. And one of these notes was, I don't like what your villain does at the end of season one, and I don't have a – not only do I not have a solution for what should happen, which is fine, you don't always need a solution, but I don't know why it's not working. Wow. <laughs> I was like – I, that is what I don't know what to do with is if you don't know why it's not working, I can't fix the problem. So I said, okay, executive, let me just poke at that for a second. And she was like, feel free, go ahead. And I know I don't have an answer. So like, please like, let's talk about it. So she's really open to me pushing back on the note, which I think is important to mention because oftentimes we'll get a note like that and we'll be like, okay, I'll figure it out myself. Yeah. And I don't think you have to, if it's something like this, you really have to Make the executive do their job and express to you why it's not working. And as the the more we talked about it and the more other executives started to chime in about what their problems were with the pitch, we started to realize that we didn't set up the character's journey enough in the beginning so that the end, the crazy bonkers ending we give for him, just feels bonkers. It doesn't feel character motivated. It doesn't feel like a satisfying ending. So I think that's what she ended up bumping on.
1: Wow. And did you you lead her there to... Get her to say, okay, you know what? This is why I, I this ending doesn't work for me. It's because he's, he's not fleshed out in the beginning.
0: Interestingly, the other executive, it took him 15 minutes to get there. Mm. He was talking about other things, but he eventually realized himself that the reason why this other executive was having an issue was because the character wasn't set up enough at the top because his notes were around having questions about this villain and what is this story again who is he when we first meet him why yeah. is he like this when we first meet him And he's like actually yes i think the reason why i'm having all these questions is the same reason this other executive doesn't like your ending so just yeah front load it justify it up front
1: wow those are good and, executives uh, it sounds like
0: yeah i think they they did a really they did a really great job yeah they had some really awesome things to say that will make it much stronger Uh, And one of them was British. So everything he said sounded absolutely articulate and genius and more British executives.
1: So you can sound (laughs) like, you know, you're talking. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was it. Then you figured it out. And that was
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also pitched them as they were talking, a new idea came to me about how to make the ending work Mm -hmm. and it was even a more bonkers idea, but I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to yeah. see if they like this. And I took a risk and I pitched it to them because another part of me was like, no, just hold it back and just try it in the pitch. Yeah. And because, you know, you're scared to pitch them an idea and everyone's like, oh, that's stupid, Tasha. So you'd right. rather kind of to preserve yourself and your ego. Like, I'm going to put it in the pitch and see if they like it. But I just pitched it to them and they were like, oh my God, that's amazing. They like, it was really... <laughs> It's a ridiculous reaction that I wow. did not expect. Um, so we're putting it in the pitch.
1: <clears throat> so next week or on the next podcast, we're going to get an update that you guys have taken this out. It is sold. And then you can tell us more about it. Yes. Perfect. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, um, I, 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 this is like a really bad this week in writing. It's not even a this week in writing. I just want to say something.
0: I love these because they actually are.
1: It's about the new Avatar trailer.
0: Go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I haven't seen Avatar yet.
0: It premiered, by the way, during the Niners game, which mm-hmm. I was watching. Therefore, I saw it first.
1: That's crazy. It just, out of nowhere, like, you, it probably caught you off guard. You're like, whoa, Avatar <laughs> well, what's trailer? What's weird
0: is, what I hate, I hate, sorry, I'm taking over your This Week in no. Writing, but I hate in this day and, air, day and age, we, like, have trailers for trailers, mm-hmm. because there was a trailer at the beginning of the Niners game that's like, look out for the the last Avatar trailer. Mm-hmm to come out playing during Monday Night Football. And I'm like, okay, okay. is a trailer for the trailer?
1: Yeah. You know what I hate is that they're like, trailer during Monday Night Football, but then it drops on the internet before the trailer (gasps) hits Monday Night Football. I'm not saying that's what happened. No, no, no. But that's what happens with like the Super Bowl often, where like the people, uh, the companies just upload their trailers and it's like, or their commercials. You're like, what the fuck? Anyway. No, yeah. So... What struck me about the James Cameron, there's a lot of issues with the Cameron Avatar 2. Apparently, I just read this art- article that was like a Fox exec was mad that it's too long. It's like two and a half yeah. hours. S- something with James Cameron told him to F off, all these things. But he told
0: him to F off and we'll just cut the cut the credits out of the movie and then... Uh-
1: yeah, totally. That's what he did. But the trailer, and this is why I love James Cameron, is because it looked so character-based and mm-hmm. action it's like about family it seems like and protecting mm-hmm. your family and relocating and and all and i just i'm so fucking excited for avatar i'm gonna go see it i was on yeah. the fence now i'm all in
0: i was on the fence too from our last episode i think we talked about this And i was like i don't yeah. care but i guess i'll go see it and then i texted you after watching it and i was like not only am i seeing this i am <laughs> seeing it in 3d <laughs> however james cameron wants to present it to me that's how i'm gonna go wow go you go are doing this. 3d
1: you're gonna go for I it i mean
0: that's how, yes This is an experience. Okay. It's not just a movie.
1: It's a movie going But interestingly,
0: so I, if you've ever gotten this note, which I feel like almost all of us get this note at least once slash a million times, is that when people say, I didn't buy into your script or I wasn't invested in your story until this happened. Have you ever gotten that note before? Yes. Like it wasn't until page 20 where I was like really into it. Yes. First off, I hate that note. Me too. But second off, that's how I felt about watching this trailer. I was like, okay, it's pretty... It's family, whatever. I'm not invested in this family because I don't know who they are. So, okay, but it's sweet, whatever. Oh, cool. Look, there's like water animals and that sounds (laughs) fun. But then they started showing the soldiers coming in and like destroying these villages. And I was like, oh, that's what this movie is about. That's something I can get invested in because I want these families to survive and to fight back. It's this underdog story. And you definitely want these villainous soldiers who are just burning everything to the ground to, to perish. And now I'm invested in the fight for freedom.
1: Yeah. I, oh, Braveheart.
0: Braveheart.
1: Yeah, I'm, I think I agree. I do just want to see fighting. I hate to say it, but like, I want to yeah. see like James Cameron action sequences because yeah. he is the freaking master. I hope the he master. doesn't spend too much time underwater. He's putzing around with the, the whales and shit. He will. I know he will because he loves water.
0: He loves water.
1: Which is crazy to me because they're sharks. anyway moving on
0: moving on uh my other this week in writing is i am working on a revision of a movie right now and there's a tight deadline a because of holidays b because director availability c because when you're told to revise something technically in your contract you only have like four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is that you agreed upon (laughs) And so there's all these factors, and you know, as writers, we're just like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna let the the characters tell me where it's going, <laughs> right? Like we, we want to live in it. We don't want to like deliver it. So it, was, it it just struck me that in professional screenwriting, you do have to kind of shift your brain and start developing this skill of scheduling. You're writing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned this in college. Like our professor tried to teach us how to schedule out your outlines so that we would get done in a certain time. And I resisted it. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's become extremely key to being able to work with anyone. Because a producer will always say, When do you think you can get me the script? Mm-hmm. And you can't just say, Ah, like three weeks, two weeks. I always underestimate myself because I want to sound like you don't have to wait very long. Don't worry. I'll get it to you soon. But then I always paint myself in a hole when I do that because it usually takes longer than I think it will. Mm -hmm. So what I've done for this current job is I've outlined my script and I've attached scene numbers to each of the scenes. And then I have written next to it what date I'm going to write that scene. And I'm like, okay, given these number of scenes, they're not super heavy uh, lifting, so I could probably do like three or four scenes. We'll say three just to be safe. If I do four, that's a bonus. We'll say three scenes I can do on November 30th. And then... These four scenes I can do on the next day, I can really only do this one scene probably in one day. A, because of the meetings I have. B, because it's so heavy lifting. So like I just schedule myself out so that when I look at this now, I can report back to my producer and say, literally, I will have a draft to you by this date. And I will give myself a couple, like a day, two days max of wiggle room at the end of it, just in case I get held up by something or family events happen. But at least I know now what to look forward to. So I would say my This Week in Writing is develop this skill for yourself. Don't resist it because it's absolutely vital for productions to continue, (laughs) right? Like if you ever get hired to write on a production, you literally have to turn out pages um, at a very specific time in order for the production to work, so uh, yeah, develop this skill.
1: I completely agree. I and I, you know, I recently started because I had a pretty extensive outline—not extensive, but I had like in this uh, recent script that I was writing, basically numbered one, two, three, and under each number yeah. were the scenes and what was going to happen. And and uh, it was it was an action movie. And when I kind of painted myself in a corner for a scene that was really really difficult for me to write, I actually didn't write the scene I just put in what needed to happen and then I moved on to a scene that I knew I could write because yes, I was being yeah. held up and it was a game changer for me because yeah. it just helped me keep going 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 and then you kind of figure out you know moving forward you're like oh now I know what this previous scene needs to be because these things need to connect and
0: yeah oh man I am such a proponent of outlines nowadays it's,
1: I, I kind of am too even if it's, it's a insane. sentence of like it doesn't have to be beat for beat. Of course, that's, like, the more the merrier, but...
0: More the merrier. But
1: even if you can get some to a place where it's, like, Tosh and Josh go to the store, they get robbed. Like, yeah. without having, like, the specifics of how it happens, it's just good to have. And you're like, okay, I know this needs to happen. I know this yeah. needs to happen. It helps so much.
0: Even on top of that, so, like, I've been noticing in TV as we turn in outlines, part of me is, like, it's just an outline. It's fine if if this scene isn't perfect or it's fine if this scene doesn't exactly give what the character is going to be doing but i find myself actually being like well why not just do the work here so that when i go to script the script moves really really fast Mm -hmm. so like yes tasha and josh rob a liquor store but is it also like tasha and josh rob a liquor store tasha ends up in tears guilty for having robbed the liquor store Mm -hmm. and josh is mad that tasha's guilty and now the relationship is on the rocks. Like, do I need to know the character arc for that scene so I can at least write to it when I get there? That becomes really important to me, too. So I like, it's funny because we talk about this every now and again on this podcast. Josh, when you and I started, we were like, fuck outlines. <laughs> we don't need to do outlines when we were assistants. We were just like, you know, that's just not our process. And then you start to realize not only does it have to be your process because you an outline is a step that you can get paid for, mm-hmm. um, but it really, really helps you in the writing because as we're talking about schedules and stuff, um, you have to deliver a script within a certain amount of time. If you're just fucking around in that script and you're finding yourself, which is not an okay method, but it, it more than likely will get you into trouble in terms yeah. of delivering your script on time.
1: I agree. Although I wish I didn't have to outline. I know. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, oh, I mean,
0: the the just do it on spec, like the freedom of a spec to just like play with it and yeah. move around and. but if you're if you're trying to write a spec for a contest you're trying to write a spec to get it to a manager quickly it may not be the fuck around time it may be i need to outline this thing so i can get it done by march so that i can give it to a manager by april Mm -hmm. you know like you you it helps to set deadlines for yourself like that and we're actually going to talk i'm really excited because we're going to talk about this in our um, new year's goal episode yeah and it's like my favorite episode that we do. <laughs> Me too.
1: There's nothing I love more than a new year. I, I say this every year. I talk to you about this all the time, but like you hit the button, the reset button. You you have a clean slate. It's it's like, all right, what do I want to accomplish in this year? Here are 12 more months. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Let's go. Um, yeah. And by the way, we still have some time left in this year. so We do. All right.
0: Jumping ahead. Jumping ahead. All right. Recently, I have had to... How do I say? Mm. Recently, I've been rewritten by... A lot of people. And and it has caused me to reflect upon myself and myself as a writer. And also leading a room where you are rewriting your writers also causes you to reflect. And and the reflection that I am talking about is knowing your flaws as a writer and acknowledging that you have blind spots Mm. and that that's okay. Because what I've learned in these TV rooms is that writers know that you have a blind spot. They know! They know that you're not good at action sequences, or they know that you're not good at, um... Let's say like knowing world building stuff. Like that's just not your thing. I can do character all day long, but I can't do world building stuff. And that's fine. Like that's just not your strength. And they accept that. And that's why a writer's room is so great. is because you may not have a world building guy in that person, but you hire another person who's great at world building and you build this great team that can conquer everything. Right? Mm -hmm. So I think it becomes important to know your flaws as a writer and I'm learning them as I go. And one of them seems to be that I'm very vague. I am very, I love the slow burn. You do. So hard. I do. Interesting. Like, and I remember when I was writing my script, The Woman, years ago, that I've broken down on this podcast before, because it was like a five-year process before selling it. Yeah. And then it never went anywhere at Amazon. (laughs) Um, And we're trying again. So like, it's, it's an ongoing process. But like, what I feel like is my best script that I've written. I remember getting notes from my manager slash producer on it who was like, I don't understand this character. I'm like, well, it's there on the page. She's like, no, it's not. I don't understand what she's doing and I don't understand why she's doing it. And for me, it's all there. And it's, it's in like subtle looks. It's in the way she like is in her like nuanced way that she talks to this other person in mm-hmm. this scene it's all nuance. And she's like, that's fine, but I don't get it. And if I don't get it, the nuance is completely pointless and lost. So I had to learn to be a little bit more on the nose with scenes as well as with like the choices I'm making within the scenes um, and what I'm having my characters doing, but also in dialogue. And I'm just, I, I don't know. My only this week in writing is that I've acknowledged that this is a flaw of mine and I've verbalized it to other writers in my writer's room. And I've told them if you find that I am being too much of a slow burn person and we need to know more stuff here, please tell me because I'm not going to catch it myself. And I think it's important to acknowledge that and to be okay with it, not be insecure.
1: I would disagree with everyone. I don't think there are any flaws, <laughs> and they're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wonder what. Do you think you have a flaw in writing? Like, do I, you have a blind spot?
1: I, 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 yeah, I've got a bunch. I think what I'm, is the, it? I'm the exact opposite of the slow burn. I'm like, hey, we're about to fucking launch out of this cannon at about a million miles per <laughs> hour. And, <laughs> and, and uh, whenever I start writing something, I always think to myself, like, I, I always think of, like, okay, what's the beginning, the middle, and the end? And then I lock that in. And then mm-hmm. I think to myself, okay, how can I make the end the midpoint? And then oh. th- that like, makes me change like the way I think about the movie because usually you know, you're working to something at the end of a movie, obviously, like the change. But yeah. in my brain, I'm like, that's so obvious that what if it's the midpoint? Now what yeah. happens after the midpoint? But what that ends up doing sometimes, a lot of times, is like I've so many times people have been like, this moves way too fast. This just is mm. moving too fast. But in my brain, I think to myself, I like the pace of it. I just, I should be better at cramming information in this this, mm. this space, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting. That's just yeah.
1: one of many blind spots, by so the way. So
0: you and I would make like a superhero writing team. We would. I would slow us down and you would speed oh, us up.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd be like, hey, in the first 10 pages, the world's falling apart. You're going to be like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so, but yeah, that's just, I definitely have some blind spots.
0: All right, that's it. Those are my this week's in writings. I'm a failure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a good podcast. Are we doing this? Let's do it. Listener questions?
0: Listener questions.
1: All right, we're not saying the names of the listeners because I haven't told any of them that we're answering these <laughs> So we have to... But they're
0: such good questions, we have to...
1: Okay, but we we just can't say who, who has yes, said it. Yes, of course, and, definitely. And the, we have to take out the specifics that might give it away. Naturally. Okay, because we're thoughtful. Do you want to read the first one or do you want me to? Because you, you've studied it now for about 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll,
0: I'll do it. I've studied it. You've interrupted me with this podcast and my <laughs> studying, but I will do it. Okay, this question is about following up on meetings that you have with producers and studio execs. And it's a really great question because this, this writer is talking about some specifics in their own life where it's not just, I had a general meeting and then what do I do now, which we have answered on this podcast, go back to those episodes. But this is a bit more nuanced where she's saying like, she, she has an agent, she has a manager. And she's actually been working. She has a few rewrite projects and some polishes that she's been doing. Some really cool stuff going on in her career. And it sounds awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. But she is finding that, like, let's say she, you know, pitched to an exec or had a general with an exec. And then a lot of time has gone by and she's done new stuff. Like, she's gotten new jobs. The last time she met that Executive, maybe she hadn't done anything yet. She hadn't gotten hired on any job yet. Now she has. And these, maybe something's in production now. Like, what, how do you reach back out to these executives without sounding like, hi, I'm super (laughs) desperate for a job. Look at me. And she's like, you know, I've sent um, emails to them when I've seen their, their name in the news, which is a really great idea. If there's ever anything on deadline or variety that says like, hey, this person has just got a movie in production, definitely like send them a congratulations email. That's really great for you to kind of be in their inbox and for them to see your name. But what do you do beyond that? Because oftentimes you just get a thanks or maybe no acknowledgement at all. This person mm-hmm. says that they've also emailed back, like the, the production executive said, hey send me a take on this thing and um you know we have an actress attached and we'd be really excited for you to come up with a take and she did email a take and nothing happened so what do you do when you when you kind of face these scenarios and first of all i will say coming up with a take and emailing it is tricky is tricky territory on its own maybe that's for another podcast yeah um, i've definitely heard writers do it and they get a job so there's i want to put that out there but often that take goes into nowhere and Actually, I think, didn't Zach? Yeah, Baylin. He talked about how he, he emailed a producer. Um, one of our guests most recently who wrote um, King Richard said that King Richard came from him emailing a take to the yeah. executive after talking about it at, at drinks. But usually it can it could just end up in... in in the trash or it becomes, they take that email and they just give it to someone else, another writer they're working on. And suddenly your ideas have been taken. It's usually better to say, Hey, I've come up with a take, like let's hop on the phone and I'll, and I'll give it to you. But anyways, back to the question yeah. at hand, do you want to take it? Me well, take it. you take it. Both of us
1: take it. Let's both of us. Well, I will just say, and I think this person acknowledges in the email, like now with the holidays, this is like one of the greatest times to just randomly reach out to any exec that you've ever talked to anybody, in my opinion, even if you have nothing to say because it allows for the, Hey, happy holidays, whatever. Like you can just always, uh, sculpt an email into, I'm reaching out to say happy holidays, but actually while I'm reaching out is just to tell you, I have a few things going on. I'd love to connect in the new year. Um, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. Boom, 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 boom. Have a great holiday it's blah 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 like that that's this is another reason why i love the holidays by the way
0: yeah yeah it's that's great that's a great idea is it i think so yeah <laughs> i think it's a great idea and i think something you can do in that scenario if you haven't talked to this producer in a while i would say if you you know met with them a few weeks ago or even like 2 months ago maybe not but like if you reach out and say hey happy holidays i just wanted to, to reconnect and would love to grab coffee yeah. in the new year. That's actually kind of when I would send the email is in the new year. I hope you had a great holiday. Would love to grab a coffee and catch up. A lot's been going on. Would love to hear what's new at such and such company. Yeah. Because if you give them an action thing to do, like have coffee or get a drink, something sort of non-committal, then um, that's an action step they can take.
1: <laughs> I, um, I did this. A couple months ago, because I wanted an exec to read a script that I was, that had come and gone out of my life, and I wrote him, and it was, I think I talked about this before, it was about the Packers. I checked in with them, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, hope you're well, the Packers suck, L- you know, let's connect in, you know, or let- let's let uh, find some time to get together, and he was like, all right, let's get together, and so I saw him, and it was like the most tr- transactional meeting but in the best way possible because we both knew that we were sitting down because we both wanted to like exchange information yeah. and it was kind of like all right so i have like 15 20 minutes what do we think about the packers boom 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 packers all right what are you working on boom boom boom. okay yeah send it to me boom boom. boom. okay great and they yeah. we were like i was Those like the this best is meetings oh my god it was amazing because it just cut through all the shit it was amazing yeah so yeah if you could yeah reaching out i mean this person covered it like reaching out that's what i'll do if i see someone's name i still do no matter what even if i don't want to work with someone, if I just want to congratulate yeah. someone, it's a, it's just always a nice way to connect. But New Year, yeah. grab some coffee, and I think the other thing is don't be shy or afraid to say, uh, "Let's let's grab coffee in the New Year, let's connect."
0: Yeah, yeah, because from their perspective, they're part of their job, whether they like it or not, is to network and to know writers, up and coming writers, and what they should be thinking is, "Oh, she's got new stuff going on." That's really, that's really cool. That's a writer I should maybe pay attention to. It's someone who might be writing the next spec that I need to buy. And if I build a relationship with her, she'll send that spec to me. Yeah. Or if I have a project I need a, an unexpected writer on, or maybe a writer who's cheaper, but really great. Like mm-hmm. I can be the hero at my company and like say, ah, I've been meeting with this writer. I just had coffee with her and she's super awesome. Let me plug her in at this company. So like it. It's in their best interest to meet with you as well so when you do ask for coffee do know that that's part of their job as well you're yeah. not being too much of a burden to ask for that but i do think it's important to do that kind of action step right like let's meet would love to meet for coffee to reconnect and there's a few things going on in my world that i would love to run by you which is a really great way of doing it by the way if you have log lines or even better like outlines or pitches or story ideas that you think would be great for their company it's a really great way to be like i have some things that i've been thinking about for you but would love to also hear what you're up to it's been a while can i buy you coffee you'll probably get rescheduled a few times but do it like you're that's the way to do it (laughs) rescheduled
1: 25 times
0: 100 percent um another thing that this writer does which it's a great idea, which I've never thought of, but it's fantastic, is she has set up Google alerts for producers that she loves and wants mm-hmm. to work with. And so she'll just get an email now whenever their name is in the trades, and she's able to now say like, oh, I saw this in the news. Like, congratulations on this, which is which is great. That's a that's a really great thing to do. Um, but yeah, I think there is a fear of being neurotic, right? If you're like constantly sending emails to these people. And I think this is a really tough part of our business is that it's the long game, yeah. right? So yes, you've met with that producer maybe five months ago. If nothing's come of it already, and yeah, <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> um, it, it has taken me sometimes years, like five years, for example, for a relationship I made to pay off and, t- and become a job. So. Yeah. It, that's not, a, that's not a good thing. That's not hopeful because you want to be really active in your career and that's the right instinct. So these are ways to be active without seeming neurotic to the person. Uh, Cause I've definitely gotten emails from actors who feel very neurotic. And mm-hmm. like, I, it kind of puts me off because it seems like they are just um, like salespeople Rather totally. than real people. So like I've gotten emails often from from actors I've met who've, who've like sent me trailers of things that they're in or like commercials that they're in and and been like, hi, happy holidays. Here's a, here's a bullet pointed list of all the things I've done yeah. this year. And I'm like, okay, delete. <laughs> but if this person was like, hey, would love to reconnect and get coffee and like hear about what's been going on. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, this person wants a genuine connection. That's great. Yeah. So I think it's doing that. And we've talked about on this podcast as well of every few months reaching back out to producers to do this, to say, hey, let's get coffee. Hey, I would mm-hmm. love to hear what's up. And it's literally every few months. I would I would say, you know, or I would say like five months is sort of what I would suggest before you reach back out to someone yeah. to ask for coffee again.
1: The last thing I want to say about this, which might have already been said, but I'm just going to say it one more time, is... Have something specific in mind if you're reaching out to a producer. Um, mm, it's very. That's great. I've been in a zone where you're like, "Holy shit, Tasha's working on this. Uh, I just want to be in her orbit." Like, how does that happen? But like, mm-hmm. you know, you you just you want to reconnect with someone because they did something cool. You know, but you have to. You kind of have to be on the same page about, or not on the same page, but you have to know why you're asking someone to grab coffee, as opposed to just let's shoot the shit
0: yeah it's and a waste I, of time so that's a great point so when you do go to ask for coffee and in that email i would not say hey i've been writing on this project and this project and this project let's get coffee it's the email is really more like hey happy holidays um i have been you know there's there's been a, let's i'm trying to trying to <laughs> trying to pitch this in the moment yeah um there's been a lot going on on my side and would love to catch up Um, i've been thinking of a few ideas that might be really great for your company um, or for you that i think you'd love would love to touch base and see what else you're working on as well i think that piece is really important what else are you working on Um, it's not just me, me 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 it's like i want to engage with you and what you're excited about as well and then when you actually meet that's when you can actually start saying Oh, you know, I've been up to this and, and this because they'll ask. They'll say, oh, hey, what have you been up to since I last saw you? Oh, well, I wrote such and such. No way. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, I've really been wanting to write, you know, my next sci-fi thing. And mm-hmm. here's my idea for my next sci-fi thing. And I'd be like, oh, my God, will you send that to me when you're done with it? So, like, that's kind of how the conversation can go. So I don't think you, you put all that stuff about who you are and what you've been up to in your email. It's really just, hey, you're emailing a friend to reconnect.
1: I love it. Your friend, you're reconnecting.
0: Yeah. But to your point, Josh, when you get to that coffee, make sure you have something to talk about. Don't waste their time. You're, you're, you're coming with ideas you have that are great for them. You're mm-hmm. coming with stuff I've been working on, jobs I've been getting. And you're also coming with, what are you working on? How can I be of service to you? Is there anything that you know, I can pitch on? Or that you're not going to say that, but you know, in asking them what they're working on, you're kind of saying, how can I be as a writer in service to you? Yes. OK. Next question. Yeah, that's oh. a good one. Okay. There's, this writer wrote us and said that he is going to be pitching on a rewrite, or I'm kind of unclear where he is in the process. Um, it sounds like he's preparing a pitch on a script that already exists at Netflix, and there have been other writers on it. He's like, this, the script is kind of a mess, and my instinct is this needs a page one rewrite this is this is not a good script and if i came into it this is what i would do to fix it i would do a page 1 rewrite and i have a plan for it but his manager and i think the producers as well are saying this movie they want to shoot it next year mm. but we're in november so they want to shoot it next year probably before the writer strike and It can't be a page one rewrite. You won't get the job if you go in and pitch a page one rewrite because that will scare everyone and they will be like, that's not what I want. I just want this script currently in its current place to function as a movie. And it's a great question because this is unfortunately a big part of what sometimes we have to do. And you can absolutely creatively choose to not take this job. If you think it's a page one rewrite and you stand by that and you're willing to lose this job because you believe it's a page one rewrite, go for it. But you'll probably lose this job if they want to shoot it in the first quarter of next year. So the alternative is to go in and say, not that you hate this script, because that's not productive for anyone. I'm sure they all are kind of worried about this script. If you're going to be from the producer's point of view, what they want to hear from you is, They're scared because this script is terrible. Is it going to work? We think these three small things, here, here, and here in the script might make it actually function as a movie. Can you execute those things in a really great way? And can you make this disaster of a movie function? That's all I think they want at this point is probably for it to just have legs and move, right? So you do have to make that choice. And I'm actually in this position now where I've been asked to come in on a script that I think has been made worse by, by another writer. And when I was asked the other day, what'd you think of the script? I said, okay, well, here are my good thoughts. I think this part of the movie is so much stronger. This part of the movie is so much stronger. Really great work. In the middle, I think, personally, I think it was absolutely horrendous and boring and the movie is ruined. But mm. what I said was, I think that there was, you know, maybe um, just... Too many scenes of exposition right after each other so how can you kind of couch it in a way that is productive and also uh objective so saying oh my god the characters are so terrible through act two is not helpful that doesn't point to a solution but saying i think there are scene after scene of exposition and i think we really need to to um step those out and have action within that so the scenes don't feel as boring or as expositional. That's a solution. Now you're talking the producer's language and they're like, oh, okay. he's going to go into that scene and he's going to make it have action so that it's a more watchable scene. Great. Um, So it's pitching on things like that. And again, you do have to then make a choice of I'm going to go in and surgically change just these three things. But I Hmm. think what I'm missing is some direction from the producer. In this email, I'm, I'm curious if this writer has met with the producer to just find out what their issues are, because the manager is hearing it secondhand. So I, I would, if possible, try to have a conversation with the producer directly to just be like, hey, can you give me a heads up of sort of what's working, what's not? I want to be productive because I know you're going into production very soon. So I want to make sure that my suggestions are, are helpful rather than destructive. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I
0: think that's kind of how how you approach it that yeah. answer the question fully?
1: I think so. I think you just have to kind of pull the trigger on whether or not you want to do it or not, and then set the expectations of, I think this is a page one. But I think you, ex- you, 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 explained it perfectly of like, get a little bit more clarity from the producers of like, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? This, this is a page one rewrite. I, I don't want to do that. This is going to take too much time unless you do want to do it and, mm-hmm. um, kind of work within those parameters.
0: Yeah. And I think what's important too is this doesn't sound like this is this writer's original script. It's something that he would be hired on to rewrite. So I think it's a different conversation if this was your baby and you're like, I am not letting my baby go out into the world like this. This is a page one rewrite. We need to talk about this. But if you're coming on to be a surgical writer, this is this is what our job is. It is to be the most helpful now to the producers who are trying to get this movie made. And that helpfulness comes in the form of not saying this entire thing is fucking bad. It's mm-hmm. saying, okay, like, what do you feel like is the problem here? Because this is, these are the biggest problem spots. If you can do that, that can be really helpful. It, even if you hate the whole thing, what are the biggest things that you feel like can be fixed and worked on. Um, And I'm not saying like, the entire character arc is wrong and I need to change it. It's like, hmm, is it just this one character relationship that you can maybe tweak throughout? Um, Because again, you want to pitch as if you are being helpful and you are helping push them into production, which is the direction they want to go. And sometimes that means you have to shed some of the stuff that you think is really bad to help them see their vision forward. It's tough. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) I feel like for the job that I'm doing now, that I I totally disagree with the entire act too, my job is going to be what do you guys think is wrong with it? Okay, great. You don't, you clearly don't think this one scene that I have a huge problem with is wrong. So I'm going to leave it. I'm not even going to touch it because you like this scene the way it is. And it's not my job to change this script to what I want because it's not in my hands anymore it's in your hands and I at this point in the process when we're ready to go into production I'm kind of a tool for you to get your movie made so I will go in because you can't write a scene that's Mm -hmm. not what your skill set is so if you want me to change this one scene for you great I can do that so it's all to say try to really advertise yourself as a surgical writer at that point if you want the job
1: I love it And I'm sorry, like, that's so hard. No. yeah, that is hard. And if that didn't make sense, just email us again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you're, yeah, I don't know when you're pitching this, but (laughs) hopefully that's helpful.
1: Last one, Tasha. Okay. I'm just going to read this one. This is, this is, this is, this is like the most Tasha territory email of all time. Okay. Maybe three, all of these may, may have been actually, but all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So question for you. I came across a comic that I think would make a great adaptation into film or television. Ooh. One of the comics was written by a very well-established writer. Hmm. I am an unknown, unrepresented writer, uh, but I'm, and I am lacking credentials within the industry. Mm-hmm. I know that Tasha recently, in a recent episode, Tasha noted that she adapted an IP without getting permission, and <laughs> you were frustrated with that. Uh So my question is, what are the best practices for approaching an owner of IP? Be they games, books, comics, et cetera, to pitch yourself as a writer for the project, be it on spec, shopping agreement, or the like.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to get Steve Desmond on here to talk about this because he's the king of this. Steve, if you're listening, because sometimes you do, uh, let's do this. But- Yes, I think what this this writer is referring to is I talked about a book that I really love that I just wrote on my own as a movie without telling anyone. Mm. I didn't get permission from the author. I didn't tell my agents I was writing this. It was sort of just like a fun thing I did. It was like basically fan fiction. The problem with that is that's never going to go anywhere because it's fan fiction. What I would do in that scenario, let's say if I carried this this IP in particular through, I would locate the agent of the writer or the writer themselves they may not have an agent or they may be so kind of unknown that they're uh they have an email somewhere published on their website it sounds like this is an established writer so maybe that's not the case but reaching out to their agent is great or if you have reps yourselves this is what they're there for Mm -hmm. to kind of lend you legitimacy and to reach out to that writer's or author's agent and say hey like are the rights available? This is a very normal question to ask. Are the rights available? Don't feel like you are um, being rude or or putting them out or any other maybe insecure things that make you on your head when you ask this question. You can just say, are the rights available? But in that email that you're sending to this writer, if you're able to contact them directly, and this is what I did when I um, ended up getting, getting the, the job to adapt a book that I really loved. I sent a letter. I say letter. I sent an email to the author of the book via my agents who did a lot of digging to locate the author's agent, the author's Mm. book agent. So they were like, Tasha, we finally found the author's book agent. Send us your email that you want to send him and the agent will get that email to the author. So this is how I did it. And in that email, I wrote about it was basically one page written on a word document and it was here's who i am first yeah (laughs) um meaning like here's my credentials and i know this writer said they don't have credentials in the industry but what are you what are you current have you written anything or are you working in the industry in any way? Um, if not, then maybe just start with I am a writer. I love this particular genre. I love your book in particular. Here's all the reasons why I love your book and why I think it would make a fantastic adaptation into film or TV. Um, here's the story that I am drawn to within it that I would really want to tell, meaning, is it, like the mother-daughter story in here is something that's, that I'm so passionate about that really touched home for me that I think would move audiences, like uh, say things like that of mm-hmm. how you would adapt it in that way, um, and, you know, character-wise or world-building-wise, what draws you to their material. And then simply ask at the end, I uh, would love to know if your book or your comic is um, rights are available. And if so, if you'd be willing to... Um, speak to me about a shopping agreement, I would love to try to take it out and sell it. Yeah. And it really helps if you have a plan. So it may come in this email. It may come in the follow-up conversation that you have. But to say, I have a plan and here's where I'd like to shop it out, it feels like it's the conversation that happens after. Um, But if in, in your first email, you're like, I have, you know, I would love a shopping agreement to take it out. And I have some producers in mind who I think would be great for it do you have producers in mind for real? <laughs> because you are going to need a plan. Um, and the way that that plan looks is, okay, say the author says, yes, you can have a shopping agreement, which means they're giving you the rights for say six months is typical, um, could be 12 months to kind of use their material officially. So you can then create a pitch off of it, take it out into the world, pitch it to various places, and you legitimately have the author's Authorization yeah. to do that, so you have the rights to the IP for that short window of time. Which is and a big then deal. Af- after six months, if you don't, the reason it's called a shopping agreement is after that six months, if you don't sell it, then you've shopped it and you have failed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the rights go back. There's no there, that means there's no kind of risk to the author. Yeah, uh, um, is essentially why they would agree to that. And and sometimes, and this is why we should have Steve Desmond on. Um, he he's never paid for IP. Um, or for options or anything. He asks for it for free. Be- and the reason why I think he can do that is because he has a very specific plan of how he's going to get this thing sold. Mm. And I think that becomes really important for stuff like this to, to make the author feel like I'm not just giving it to some random Joe Schmo.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm giving it to someone who's a professional.
1: We need to have him on. I I, I will say, if you can secure and lock in the IP, that's a it, it's very helpful. It's a big deal. Not... Completely related, but my friend and I, we were trying to get the life rights of somebody, and it was all him. He was the one who was like, he he reached out to this person, and it was a process. It was a process of like Mm -hmm. email, 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 finally turned into phone call, phone call, phone call, which then turned into, all right, let's meet. And then that meeting, I mean, this took, to be honest, it took years to lock in Mm -hmm. the life rights of somebody, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, granted that was during COVID time there was a lot of weird stuff going on in the world so like some communication fell apart but the the point is is now that we have the rights it's been very easy m- not very easy it's been easier to get com- to get meetings to open up conversation and yeah. um and my friend had written a script that I kind of helped out with a little bit to try to try to sell yeah so if you can do it great
0: it does make a difference yeah for sure um
1: well i was gonna say something yeah go is this the world in which we talked about this the other week how you write a spec and it is like it can be put into this world of the ip meaning it is not the mm-hmm. story you're not hijacking it but if someone with enough uh you know intelligence they can come on and say you know what I think that's
0: tougher if it's something like this, like if it's an old fairy tale that's in the public domain. Mm. Yes, but if it's something that exists currently from a writer who's alive right now, uh, it does border on plagiarism if you do it that way. So it feels <laughs> like don't bother doing a spec on something like this. And I and I don't. I also don't think. I could be wrong. I'm sure there are examples where. It, I am about to be proven wrong. But it doesn't also feel like a situation where you write a spec and send it to the author and say, hey, I wrote a spec based on your stuff because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And there are many reasons why, one of which is you've never talked to them. You have no idea if the mother-daughter story that you've honed in on is not interesting to them in any way, shape, or form, and they hate it, and right. they don't want it. Like, you... you it requires a lot of conversations also has that script gone through many drafts from uh, like your trusted group of writer friends? Is it good? Is it the best it could possibly be? Because essentially sending them a spec of this is exactly how I see your film gives them a lot of opportunities to say no. Mm -hmm. Versus if you just write an email that says, these are the amazing things I would do with your film. That's, That to them is like, ooh, possibility. But Mm -hmm. if I have a script and I don't like it, it's like, mm, no, I'll find another writer, thank you very much. So it just, it gives them a chance to say no. So I wouldn't do that either. And this person also asks, should I send a DM because we're living in the age of social media um, or do I reach out to their agents? Do I do it directly? And if I do it directly, do I do it casually? And I feel like very much don't do it casually. It should feel like a very professional email. It can still feel friendly, But I think it should be extremely professional because writers, authors all the time just get fans being like, oh, I wanted to, I want to like make your thing into a movie and it'd be so amazing. And you need to distinguish yourself from those people and again, have a plan, show that you genuinely work in the industry or are, you know, at least... Even if it's not paying your rent, you're still working in the mm-hmm. industry, right? You're taking meetings, you're actively pitching, you're doing all these things. So um, yes, the answer is don't be casual, be professional on that one.
1: I love it. And so much of this, you know, is about just being specific and, and specificity in what you want to do. And even like what we were talking about with the general meeting, that's so important, I think, in uh, Hollywood is always have a very specific ask and plan in place because it'll... It's like outlining, like outline your plan.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: We did it. That's it.
0: I think that's it.
1: That is it. I know it's it. I think we did a good job.
0: I think these questions were amazing. Keep them coming, you guys.
1: Yeah, please.
0: Quote of the day?
1: Yeah, quote of the day. All
0: right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) That's not the quote of the day. All right. Quote of the day. If you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. Make at least one definite move daily towards your goal. Bruce
1: Lee. Dude, I love it.
0: I love it. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act 2 Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram. And don't go on Twitter.
1: Oh, my God. I'm uh, Joshua Holden on Twitter. (laughs) Josh Holden on Instagram.
0: And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414Bag, which you can find on Spotify.